Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Nick. Hmm, welcome to the second half of the day. One of my favourite halves of the day, really. It, you don't have yeah. to wake up, you've already had your coffee, lunchtime's around the corner. You are, wait, around the corner? What time are you having lunch? It depends. It depends? What? No, I have a rigid routine. We don't need routine. to. <laughs> we don't need to do this. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are discussing a little anime called Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040. Specifically, episode 18, We Built This City. What did we build it on? Boomers. Uh, we'll never build it on anything else. Nick! Yes. Shut up. Okie dokie. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I want to share with you some words of wisdom from Hirohiko Araki, <gasps> the creator of a little anime called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. What's that? Well, it's the very raison d'etre of this podcast, Nicholas. I'm so glad you asked. Listener... Go back to episode one, Dio the Gaslighter. <laughs> Listen to all of them and then report back. Listen to our entire podcast again. Come back and say, that's yeah, all right. But this bit is now. from Hirohiko Araki's super favourites, Rules of Movies, May 2013. Oh my God. Hirohiko Araki. All of the Shrek movies are entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> is this recent? No, this is from 2013. Okay. All right. Never mind. From the first film to the final instalment, Shrek Forever After 2010. However, I would recommend Shrek 2 2004 as my personal favourite. Oh my god. The love between Shrek and Fiona was portrayed well until Shrek 2. However, once they introduced their children in Shrek the Third, I got the impression they only made the movie because the other two did well. It felt like they were milking it. Ooh. Mm. This can't be real. This can't this is be real. absolutely real. I, I hate... Look, it's written exactly as if Araki was writing this, which makes me think it is real, but it can't be real. Since Shrek's charm comes from him being imperfect and rough around the edges, it kind of feels dissatisfying seeing him being a composed fatherly figure. Even in manga, when the protagonist becomes a father, I can't help but question how it's going to work out, but... Work out. By the way, please exclude how Jotaro became Jolene's father from that example, as that is a completely different subject. <laughs> Just imagine being like, guys, look, Shrek, imperfect, rough around the edge. But he's got that beautiful love with mm, Fiona, yeah. the princess that he saved from a tower yeah. and turned into an ogre through magics. Mm. Jotaro doesn't, though. No. Forget about Jotaro. No, he's a special egg. Yeah, he's a completely different kettle of man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't a, think a completely about different it. kettle of chips. A completely separate uh, pot of human. Well, Nick, I will see if I can find any other little excerpts from Hirohiko Araki's super favourites, Rules of Movies, Jesus May 2013, Christ. between now and our next episode. But I wanted to share that with you before mm. we talk about Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040, We Built This City. A masterpiece of modern anime. They really um, pushed through the... Robot zombie apocalypse into the Akira slash end of Resident Evil sequence. They really did, actually. <laughs> there was a helicopter on the rooftop. There was a rocket launcher. There was a big flesh monster. There was liquid nitrogen. There was Albert Wesker turning into the Ouroboros. 
Wait, there was Wesker turning to the Ouroboros? Yeah, big uh, black tentacles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Grabbing fair, at fair. a helicopter. Yeah. Okay. They didn't nice. push him into a volcano. They instead pushed him into absolute zero. <laughs> Well, it was more like... I don't know how liquid nitrogen works. Oh, you gotta know about liquid nitrogen. How else will I cool my graphics cards? Exactly. We live in Australia. There's literally no other way. I could build my computer into an aquarium that takes up most of the square footage of my house and place of business. Wait, but is the aquarium inside the computer to hide the rail gun? No, the computer is inside the aquarium to hide Uh... the whale gun. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) For that delicious amber grease. <laughs> you need it for your lanterns. Mm, and my perfumes. Perfumes? Yeah. What? No. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't used in perfume. Still is, motherfucker. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I thought we were past this. Like, as a society. There's an episode of Bob's Burgers where they find a big lump of it. <laughs> whale fat? It's not whale fat. It's whale something. Ambergris, hmm. or ambergris, or grey amber, is a solid waxy flammable substance of a dull grey or blackish colour producing the digestive system of sperm whales. Hmm. It has a marine faecal odour. It acquires a sweet earthy fra- scent as it ages, commonly likened to the fragrance of isopropyl alcohol. Huh. It has been v- highly valued by perfume makers as a fixative that allows the scent to last much longer. Although it has been mostly replaced by synthetic ambroxide. Well, well. Mostly, well, not God. entirely. Yeah, but still, mostly. Dogs are attracted to the smell of ambergris and are sometimes used by ambergris researchers. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Can we get it ethically? Well, there's the section of the Wikipedia page, legality. <laughs> <laughs> Main article, International Whaling Commission, 1982 moratorium. Uh, urine, feces and ambergris are waste products that are not considered parts or derivatives of C-I-T-E-S species and are therefore not covered by the provisions of the convention. That said, it is illegal to do a trade in Australia and the oh. United States and India. Oh. It's legal in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland and Maldives. Well. Well, little Looks old like we've Maldives. Got some whale shit to sell. <laughs> Listen, if you're like sitting on your boat and you see a sperm whale and you go, hey, I know that shit. And why it's the outsider from Dishonored 2, Death uh, of the Outsider. Who was the The outsider? devil was like a whale in that series, right? I have absolutely no fucking clue what you're talking about. The the Dishonored. Yeah, Dishonored, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole society is powered by whales. What are you like? Talking? Whale oil and shit, lamps. Oh, I thought it was like magic, and that too. But I think <laughs> I, th- yep. I and I never play. I never finished the first one because I found the rats too scary. Uh, <laughs> I didn't play the subsequent ones. <laughs> but I think the devil is implied to be a great leviathan or whale. Interesting. Okay, as in like the literal devil, like Satan well, there's himself. the outsider who shows up and is like, you know, the sort of charming figure you expect to find. Uh, um, well, 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 look who wants some magical powers. Well, well, well. Anyway, I might gadget. secretly be a whale, projecting my consciousness in this form. Ah, uh, classic, classic. It's just. I like... should probably fact check myself on this because I am entirely talking out of my yeah. whatever they extrude ambergris from. <laughs> I mean, it's just like Princess Mononoke with the uh, the big deer. The boar god. Oh, okay, yep. The big Is it the big deer or is it the boar? Well, there's both. Miyazaki, you got to calm down. What are you saying is my question. I'm saying that one of them is all like, hello, 
yeah, that kid, he's he's actually me or something. It's like that, but with a with a whale instead of a a big animal spirit, different animal. It's it's a different animal spirit that they're projecting in human form. That you're like. I think you're just kind of talking about like storytelling, folk religion. <laughs> It could be that. I don't know. The I'm... Outsider, or at least The Void, is associated with whales. A book okay. titled Spirit of the Deep seems to equate The Outsider with a leviathan. During the final confrontation with Granny Rags, she shouts, Bones of the Great Leviathan! Protect me! So I would say inconclusive, but not... Uh, Highly implied. Spoil From Reddit, five years ago. Spoiler. I miss when we all thought The Outsider was a whale. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. It's not a whale. Anyway, uh, this is what boomers, happens. huh? This is what happens when we get too many writers. You know, too many boomers, too many writers. No what, longer. What is are the, you saying? The outsider's no longer if a whale. If only there was sort of one writer uh, trapped in a particular location with uh, control over our reality. Hmm. Some kind of John Sleepy or a. Uh... God, you really went to the well for that one, didn't you? <laughs> Look. I don't know a better name than John when comparing to Alan. John Sleepy. <laughs> yeah, John Sleepy. He's in the dark place. Sorry, the he's dim in, place. He's in Garth Marenghi's dark place. Exactly. He's literally... Alan written. Wake is literally... I know writers who all use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> I've written more books than I've read. <laughs> Great. Boomers. Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> no, Starship is... Uh, the band that did We Built This City, and I believe it was Homer Simpson who mm-hmm. said, Grand Funk Railroad paved the way for Jefferson Airplane, which cleared the way for Jefferson Starship. The stage was now set for the Alan Parsons Project, which I believe was some sort of hovercraft. <laughs> oh, Homer. Do you know much about this band, Nick? All I know is that the song is We Built This City on Rock and Roll. Yes. However... I believe the song was voted the worst song... No, the second worst song of all time. It's funny you said that, Nick. I do have this article up from GQ. Mm -hmm. Um, I swear, if it says it's the best song of all time. No, it's an oral history of We Built This City, the worst song of all time. (laughs) All I know is... I I think it was like, in Rolling Stone it came second, in some other music magazine it came first. So clearly GQ, they've got taste. Mm -hmm. Rob Tannenbaum writes, It has been playing ceaselessly for three decades now, and it will stay lodged in your brain like a barnacle made of synthesizers and cocaine. I'm doing my Alan Wake voice. Like a barnacle made of synthesizers and cocaine. For hours after you read this article, don't blame us, blame Starship. This is the true story of how we built this city, the most detested song in human history, got built. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it's not a good song. Because they're all like, we built this city. And then you're like, stop. Yeah, and that's the only bit anyone knows. Yeah. And then they're all like, rock and roll, and you're like, ugh. The hit single gave the members of the band Starship, which emerged from the ashes of Jefferson Starship, successor Jefferson Airplane, <laughs> the essential 1960s psychedelic band, uh-huh. unlikely second careers as pop stars. At the time, Starship's most famous member, Grace Slick, was 46. Oh my god. That's a um, Max Payne ass name. Yeah, Grace Slick. He's a sly motherfucker. She, I assume. Maybe. Grace. Oh, now it was the. It was I the looked 80s. out over the dark city. It was slick with rain, like my name. Grace. Yeah, <laughs> but there was no grace to be found here. 
There was only the putrid, fetid stench of corruption. But over the years, as 80s music began to sound dated and ludicrous, and no song sounds more 80s than We Built This City, it developed a hideous reputation. Oh no. The worst song of all time. Oh no. Blah, blah, blah. Wait, was this written in like the 2010s? We Which Built is? This City. This, the, someone's really going to um, a deep mine here for slams. <laughs> and I quote... We Built This City was written and recorded in stages by an assembly of songwriters. Brackets, Cancer 2 develops in stages. <laughs> oh, give this man a fucking medal. Whoever wrote this, give them a solid gold medal. The executive producer Dennis Lambert says, The starship was one more act in a long line of artists I worked with who, if they weren't given up for dead, were thought of as being in a deep career hole. Bringing them back wasn't going to be easy. Oh, maybe, and this is me editorialising, maybe they shouldn't have. Ooh, look at them. Yeah. You can't say that on live TV. Good. <laughs> You're in the clear here, though. Just skimming this uh, oral history, because I'm not going to read out an, a whole oral history. Yeah, your facial expressions ah. are going between deep amusement and deep disgust. Grace Slick, the vocalist, says, I was such an asshole for a while. <laughs> I was trying to make up for it by being sober, which I was all during the 80s, which is a bizarre decade to be sober Whoa, in. whoa, hold on a second. I was an asshole. I was trying to make up for it by being sober. Yeah. I was such an asshole for a while. I was trying to make up for it by being sober. What? That doesn't make so up for it. she was an asshole, and then she decided to turn over a new leaf and be sober. But, you, okay, all right, sure. So I was trying to make it up to the band by being a good girl. Um, Here, we're going to sing this song. We built this city. Oh, you're shitting me. That's the worst song ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Peter Wolf was a genius synthesizer player. The Synclavia was cutting edge. We didn't feel like we were selling out. We felt like we were trying to land a man on, man on the moon. Mm. Journey was recording in the studio next door. And every time I opened the door, their band members were standing outside with their mouths open. This is Starship? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what the tone of that quote is meant to be. <laughs> anyone who says the lyrics are dumb, and this is a succession of people talking, mm -hmm. all band members, Thomas, anyone who says the lyrics are dumb hasn't taken the time to digest the verses. I don't think there's anything dumb about looking for America, crawling through your schools. Sears. That was the best song on the album, even though it's considered the worst song of all time. The rest were a load of crap. <laughs> Slick. I like this record. Mmm. Mmm. I don't like that they're okay with their own music. I don't like that. If there's one yeah, everyone, thing... Everyone should feel a deep sense of shame about their creative output. I know we do. Yeah. Every day I hear my own voice, I think to myself, you sick piece of shit. <laughs> this is everything that you've grown up to become. When I talk about podcasting with people I know, they say, oh, I could never do that. I hate listening to the sound of my own voice. And I say, not me, baby. <laughs> You're just there being like, I drink it in these golden pipes. They can speak in a broadcasterly tone, but they can't sing. So I'll have to do as much of the former as possible. Mm. You're like, um, what's his name from There Will Be Blood? Haven't seen it. Where you're just like, listen, I'm the guy who's going to win. You know why? Because I drink your milkshake. It's true. I do drink your milkshake specifically. And your milkshake is my voice going into your ears. Mm. Let me tell you, it feels good to know that that's going in there. Deep into those ear canals. To make, make ourselves feel strong, we say we're running to the bank, but it does hurt. 
You want to see pe- you want people to see the quality in the song and the beautiful metal melody, chordally and harmonically. It, it's this isn't an ego thing. It's incredibly skillful. Mm. If it was cheesy, I'd know it. Mm. Sounds like mm. someone's in denial. Sounds like someone has no self awareness. Like someone else I know, Alan. Slick in 2002 said, The Starship, I hate it. Our big hit single, We Built This City, was awful. I felt like I'd throw up on the front row, but I smiled and did it anyway. The show must go on. <laughs> okay, I like this guy. Then Lambert responds, That was a, once again Grace Slick, yep. the female singer. Yep, yep. Lambert responds, She's talking out both sides of her mouth, that's all I can say. Maybe she took too much heat for it over the years and decided to take this tack to save face. Do you reckon, like, at the time they were all like, this is going to be the next big hit, and over time they've just slowly developed, like, a resentment towards this song because everyone else was like, I hate it. And they were like, no, no, it's good, it's good, and they've just given up. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And finally, the last note of this oral history from Paige. About two years ago, I saw an advert in London for the mobile service 3UK with a little girl riding a bicycle and singing the song, and it went viral. I nearly cried. After all these these years, the song went back into the top 20 in the UK. It keeps creeping back. It refuses to die. (laughs) Amazing. Which means that this episode... And you know what else refuses to die? JoJo's World. (laughs) Yes, but also... Me? Boomers. The zombie boomers that were in the basement of the AD police tower that are even now ripping apart, forming into a huge flesh orgy. Just like. uh... Oh, sidebar, we can't segue into the show yet. Sorry, listeners. Uh, Oh, okay. Starship is an American rock band from San Francisco, California. This is from Wikipedia. Initially a continuation of Jefferson Starship, but underwent a change in musical direction, subsequent loss of personnel, and a lawsuit settlement that led to a name change. Starship's 1985 album, Knee Deep in the Hoopla, was certified platinum. God. Okay, so you've mentioned Jefferson Starship a bunch now. Who the hell was Jefferson Starship? Like, the the band that they used to be. So, at the top of the Wikipedia page for Starship parentheses band, it says, Not to be confused with Jefferson Starship. (laughs) An American rock band from San Francisco, California, Mm -hmm. formed in 1974 by a group of musicians including former members of Jefferson Airplane. I'm sorry, who's Jefferson Airplane? Are they some sort of hovercraft? (laughs) Jefferson Airplane was an American rock band based in San Francisco, California that became one of the pioneering bands of psychedelic rock. Formed in 1965, the group defined the San Francisco sound and was the first in the Bay Area to achieve international commercial success. What? They headlined the Monterey Pop Festival, Uh Woodstock, Uh Altamont Free Concert and the Isle of Wight Festival. Sure. Now, is there any reference to the Alan Parsons project here? Their spin-offs include Jefferson Starship, Starship, and Hot Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be in a band just named Rich Salmon or something. Rich Beef Sausages. Yes. Oh my god. Listen to the Beef and Dairy Network on podcasts. We only play bands that have food in their titles. Here is a complete list of members of Starship. Okay, I'm listening. I'm, wait, are the, we're going to get some American-ass names here. John Tuna. Alan Wayne. <laughs> Mickey Thomas. Uh, already starting strong. Phil Bennett. Mm-hmm. Daryl Verdusco. Daryl Verdusco. As in like... Verdusco. Verdusco, okay. Jeff Adams. Mm-hmm. John Roth. Oh my god, these are American as Kyan Coey. I think that's Kyan C-I-A-N. Sure. Donnie Baldwin. 
Mm-hmm. Craig Chiquico. Okay. Chiquico. Q U I C O. Chiquico. I got no clue. Okay. David Freeberg. Mm-hmm. Pete Sears. You love that one. Grace Slick. Brett Bloomfield. Mark Morgan. Mark Morgan? Mark Morgan. It Didn't he make the Fallout soundtrack? I don't know. Yeah. What the fuck? Hang on a fucking minute. Landscape Torment. Hold on a fucking second here. He's he's made like ambient soundtracks Mm -hmm. and he used to be in this fucking band from like the 70s. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. What the fuck? My mind has been blown. Kenny Stavropoulos. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Peter Wolf. Max Haskett. Max Haskett? I don't know who that is. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. But I think the fact that you recognize some of these, one of these people from a, let's say, JoJo's world adjacent space. Yes, very uh, much so. Has made this whole list worthwhile. Oh my God. Melissa Carey. T. Moran. Mm -hmm. John Lee Sanders. Bill Slace. Slace? Slace. What the fuck are you... What? Jeff Tamelier. No, go back. Bill Slace? Bobby Vega. No, I need to know Slace. Christina Marie Saxton. Alright, I'm back in. <laughs> Eric Torgerson. Torgerson. Torgerson? Tor- I think it's Torgerson. 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 John Garnash. <laughs> I believe it's Garnish. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Abraham... Hab- Abra- Abraham... Abraham... Mm. At first I thought it was just Let Abraham. Sound it out. Hang on, let's see. Mark Abrahamian. Wait, what? Mark Abrahamian. And finally, Stephanie Calvert. These are some fucked names. And now you know about We Built This City. Mark Morgan made the soundtracks for... Fallout 2. And... Planescape Torment. And... Fallout. And... The Lad Baby version of We Built This City was released on <laughs> December 14, 2018. Oh my god. British blogger Lad Baby mm-hmm. released a comedy version of the song with a sausage roll theme. The refrain being, We Built This City on Sausage Rolls. Very As a charity nice. single whose profits went to the Trussell Trust. Is there a controversy section? The Trussell, the Trussell Trust is an NGO and charity that works to end the need for food banks in the UK. Oh. It is based on, shaped, and guided by Christian principles. Ooh. Red flag in the UK. Big red flag in the UK. But there's no controversy section of their Wikipedia page. Mm, intriguing. So we can avoid our famous pantry malfaction segment. <laughs> Listen, if I don't know where those sausage rolls came from, are they even sausage rolls? We open in the night as the AD police strike team prepares two forces to enter the besieged totem pole building to recover their good people. Mm. By the way, these people are not on strike anymore. They're actually doing the exact yes, job. Daly is on the phone with other members of the union being like, I don't care about the fucking strike, our people are in there. And everyone's like, don't workers' rights matter more than people's lives? Let them do whatever they want. We have enough people here daily. Right, everyone? Right. And then a pan-racial team also loops. <laughs> pan-racial. Real Burger King Kids Club vibes. Hmm. What does that mean? The listeners know what I mean. Okay. Real Animorphs team vibes. Mm, now that I know what you're talking about. So team A goes down a manhole and enters via the sewers. They figure into this episode very little. Later on, they turn on the power. That's about all that they yeah. do. Team B uh, is a man who fires at the front door with a rocket launcher. 
And that's about it. And then the rest of that team stand outside and shoot a single boomer that come out the door. Which later will prove it to actually be an obstacle yes. to getting out. So, mm-hmm. in fact, they've worsened the situation. <laughs> uh, but before Team B do that, yep. Pris drives her motorcycle in uh, and Leon pursues on foot. Mm-hmm. And they're in. Pris just plans to go it alone. Yeah. But she immediately gets in as like, oh, stairs. This is just like that one mansion area in Lethal Company. Do I go up or stay on this level? <laughs> but Leon is just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. No need to fear. Don't be silly, Pris. Okay. Everything up above is actually just electronics. The ground floor is actually the top working floor of the totem pole. Yeah, oh. So it's like a bunker. It is. Interesting. All the better to fight boomers. Unless we're so just thinking, Nick, for the whole rest of the whole previous episode... All those characters are underground and we didn't even know it. Yeah. I always thought they were above. Same. In the town. On account of how they kept going up floors. Yeah. And they were like, it's the fifth floor. And the number of floors went up when they went up. Mm. Hmm. Makes you think. I imagine that all of the AD police members have vitamin D deficiencies (laughs) from, from working underground all day. I think they might be fascists from all their... Well, they're not fascists, they're capitalist pig dogs because mm. they're created by a corporation. Of course, naturally. But they're soon going to be brought into the normal police, which makes them more capitalist pig doggy? Pig doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a pig dog? Um, so that pig dog guy in uh, Naruto, right? The pig dog guy? Yeah, the guy who eats a lot and has a dog. What the fuck? Oh, do you mean Choji? Is he the one with the dog? No, no, no. So Kiba's the... Okay. These are two separate characters. So Kiba's the one with the dog, Mm -hmm. Akamaru, right? And Choji's the... We don't call him Fatso because he considers it a slur. I genuinely thought they were the same character. (laughs) (laughs) They're not the same character. There's the fat guy who has a dog. No, no, no. There's two characters. It's like how in One Piece, in Shanks' crew, there's the fat guy who is really fast or some shit. I don't know. They haven't really done a lot on screen with that crew. Like, um, like what? I think it's Bobby from Tekken, who's like... King of the Hill. No, 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 no. That's that's a different fighting game all entirely. No, I think his name. That fight. I think it's, it's society and growing up. You love to grow up. You can never grow, grow back down, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's profound. What is this episode? Liam? We are thirty huh? minutes oh into the record, God. and we have talked about the first shot of the episode. <laughs> Listen, you can never grow back down. It's true. We built this city we did. on growing up. We grew this city organically, oh, like no. a flower. Or like a boomer. Yeah. But what does that imply? Anyway, so... Quote, so wait for us, you damned boomers. <laughs> Is that a thing we used to do, boomer quote of the week? Yeah. Okay. Those damn... We just haven't had any yeah. because they never say the word boomer. Yeah, they barely say it at all in this show. Oh, <laughs> the show about boomers... Barely saying anything about Never uh, since Gears of War 1 has anyone aggressively shouted Boomer so much. What? Gears of War 1? Why Gears of War 1? I had to pick one. I had to be specific. Humor is found in specificity. Mm-hmm. But do they say boomers in Gears of yeah, War 1? Yeah, it's one of the big enemy types. Is it? It's a large locust with a grenade launcher. Ah. Huh. Huh. You can never just take my word for it, can you, Nick? Even after no. all these years, that trust just still isn't there. No, because I can never tell I, when it's a I joke. Don't how I constantly betray you. <laughs> you tell me that you're Hiroiki Araki? Wait, no, you're quoting him. Mm. Oh, all these years. <laughs> so they... They go downstairs. Yeah, they make their way down the tower. Whoa. Yeah, they don't slay the spire. 
They, in fact, spire the sleigh. And we get the... Um, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> we, we get um, the reverse Akira shot. Yes, Chris does a reverse Akira slide uh, into the front of the camera. Mm. Uh, and we're like, whoa. Whoa, it's, it's almost that thing we recognise. Yeah, it's almost Akira, but legally different. Mm-hmm. And Leon is all like, now hang on a second, young lady. We're going down. So where we last left Nene, mm-hmm. she was trapped between two steel security shutters. Yep. Uh, like, oh no, the boomers are into the electronics and have trapped me. I'm probably going to die here. And something at one of the shutters is smashing it heavily. Mm. And she's like, oh fuck, I'm going to die. I got this big machine gun, but... You know, it took me a whole clip to kill a single boomer with that. So she's fucked. Yep. But it's not a boomer. It's Nick Rowland driving one of the AD police's famous K-suits. Oh, he looks so good in it for a man of his age. Yeah. Yeah. But then the um, the shutter she was crouched up against fearfully um, just has several zombie boomer arms seamlessly merged Merged through through. it. Like a... they like meld in like a like, hot knife like, through butter. Like a T1000. Like just sticking your hand through water. Yeah. It's like they just bloop through. Yeah. Like a, oh, what's that stand? Star Platinum. No. Keep going. <laughs> uh, dive her down. Yes, it's like dive her down. Yeah, the boomers dive her down. Yep. And then they just. You thought you got away, listener. <laughs> <laughs> There's still JoJo's content mm-hmm. here. Um, it comes out. And Nene immediately is like, oh ah. shit. The K suit fires up its minigun, does sort of a um, Yosemite Sam uh, like outline a, like of bullets around Nene. And I love that uh, Roland is just like, duck. And she does, and she survives. The boomers are not so lucky. Hmm. She would have totally died. Mm-hmm. The K suit is big and bulky. It's kind of like the loader from the end of Aliens. Yes. But um, with a minigun. Yeah, thus probably more effective. Oh, acid blood. It's more effective in this context. If yes. you had a minigun and aliens, they all would have died. Okay. Yeah. It melted all the aliens? Them. No, no, it would have melted through the hull and then all the air would have escaped. They'd be like, oh no, we're going to die from air. Oh, because they're in space. Exactly. Where, I, as I understand it, it's quite actually quite easy to hear people screaming. No, no, in fact, it's impossible. Oh. Yeah. See, when you're in space... Screaming is impossible because there's no air. Pris is just screaming her motorcycle down these interior hallways. Yeah, she has a fucking, like, cannon on the front of her motorbike. Blows up a whole bunch of boomers going through a T-junction. And Nene is like, Pris! That's right, because the um, the K-suit gang uh, uh, are trapped in a pincer manoeuvre by a wall of metal flesh on either side. But then... We're screwed. And, you know, they're looking increasingly rotting and zombie-like. And, like, they're having a great time. At one point, um, one of the, the second stringers, like, shoots off an oncoming boomer's head. Mm. And its body, like, trust falls backwards and just, like, seamlessly melds into the boomer behind him. So they, they're, getting, they're getting freaky with it. Yeah, they're getting very liquid in their uh, forms. In their sense of self. Yeah. One could say they're almost all conjoined now. Well, not yet. But soon. Almost. Almost. Not quite. But soon. So they reunite. And they're like, Pris, Nene, Leon, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Leon immediately pulls out his big revolver and starts shooting more boomers. So I started blasting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, the plan is for Pris to go ahead with Nene uh, on the motorcycle and the others will cover their retreat. Now, the next bit is a bit weird because uh, Pris goes ahead, mm-hmm. like ahead of everyone. And instead of shooting the boomers, 
just goes yeah right I thought them. the implication would have been they were out of ammo or something yeah. they do fire that gun again later yeah so Pris doesn't shoot this sweet she of just boobs. says hold on we're going through them uh, and, and just surprise surprise they clip a boomer in each shit yeah they just skid onto and the and we ground. get a real difference in cartoon physics applied to these two characters as mm-hmm. Pris like lands and rolls on the floor and is like coming in and out of consciousness for a second and Nene lands head first in a pile of boxes and is kicking her legs comedically and she's like what is this? there is an exchange from um, Nick Rowland in the K-suit and Leon McNichol I want to share mm-hmm. as um, before they sped away mm-hmm. uh, Leon runs up and starts blasting uh, and he says even considering your age it looks pretty good on you Nick and Nick replies bullshit <laughs> Nick knows what he's about. Mm-hmm. All good Nicks in this world know what they're about. At this point, the outside team shoot that one boomer, which then they so basically it's like a really really wide shot. Mm-hmm. It slowly trudges out, and they just unleash ream after ream of machine gun fire into collapse into like the collapses, and they slowly walk towards it, all in the same shot, and then it twitches and they stop, and then it just forms this big like flesh metal wall over the hole that they had blown in the exterior. It's, like, it's just it's, it's, that's not good. Well, I mean, it's all good, but it's not good. <laughs> it's good for the boomers. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he, I guess he wanted to do that. That's true. That's true. It's certainly not good for anyone inside. <laughs> Meanwhile, the inside team, the boys, mm-hmm. um, they're slowly backing up. Uh, they've found a fire axe. So they've got some melee damage too. <laughs> They've got an infinite source of ammo in the form of an axe. And I would say a sort of laughing skeleton boomer um, comes out of a fire escape. And uh, they're about to axe him a question. But then he axes himself onto the back of the casu and starts to merge into it. Just <gasps> laughing his Joker laugh the whole time. And Nick's like, I can't get out. I can't blow the hatch because it's merging. Oh no. The suit won't obey me. So then the George Costanza looking motherfucker, Yano. <laughs> Um, just runs in and axes its spine with his fire axe. And then Nick and can then finally... They blow the hatch, but now they don't have a K-suit anymore. Oh, no, it's a boomer I mean, now. it was bound to happen sooner or later, right? Mm. I mean, boomers take over everything. Yeah. You know? I, I'm trying so hard not to make more boomer jokes right now. I know, I appreciate your restraint. Real estate. They're running low on ammo. <laughs> <laughs> They're running low on ammo. Uh, when, when Pris is in that semi-conscious state, uh, Nene grabs the gun off the... Uh, motorcycle and, and blows up a horde. So, props to her. Hmm. Hmm. You know, she's doing good work. Good stuff. The, she's doing the best you could in this situation, <laughs> really. So, the gang, I believe they, like, run to another door. Yeah, the gang reunite. They get to, like, a big freight elevator. Yeah. And they just go, hey, make a run for it. We're closing yeah, the, the door. The girls now. are trying to ride the motorcycle to take it with them. But yeah. it's too heavy, so they have to abandon it. And they do sort of a... Indiana Jones slide under the closing freight door. I would hate to have to slide under a closing steel door that will crush me if I'm slightly too slow. Yeah, it's one of my biggest fears in life is being crushed under literally anything. Yeah, hate to be crushed, love to crush. You know, you know that one. So, so unironically, hydraulic press. No, no, the one big pillar under that guy's house, that Junji Ito. Oh yes, the uh, central stump or whatever it's called. Yeah, it stays with me. How did he get under it? Nobody knows. <laughs> like, but the, it would have really damaged the structural integrity of the house if they took him out. But, but uh, uh, that's my that's one of my biggest fears. Is like, how did I get under this? Oh no! Oh no! Terrifying. It's got real staying power with me. Mm-hmm. I so that okay. I'm pointing at my guitar right now, which His is Fender Stratocaster. 
Oh, Liam. Is Gibson Les Paul. There it is. Well, it's technically a Les Paul custom. Okay. I think. Les Paul model studio. Hmm. So it's got a fucking gold neck. Gold neck? That makes no sense. It's got fucking gold pickups. Fucking gold machine heads. A bloody... Bloody uh, four knobs on it, a bloody good pickup selector, black little little guard on it. But more importantly, it's got the, the holder has like the, the little fork bit at the top and a pole that comes down and mm-hmm. connects to a tripod. Okay. But in between all three of the tripod things, what do you call them? Legs? Yeah, the legs. There's one other, like, not quite leg, but something that pops out. I am terrified of getting stuck under that for some reason on this tiny tripod yeah that literally doesn't even come up to like my knee right every day i look at it and i go what if i got stuck under that like that guy in that house you um i have some strange what if you went to therapy (laughs) (laughs) well it's like one of those things where it's like oh I wonder what would happen if I... Like, you know when you're, like, getting really hungry and, like, the thought comes I know that me. right now. Yeah, and you're, like, thinking to yourself, what would happen if I ate my own arm? It's not, like, a real What if thought? I 127 hours, Miles? You have an intrusive thought <laughs> exactly. about getting trapped under your tiny guitar tripod. And it immediately goes away, but it comes. Mm. Ceaselessly. Oh, it comes. Yeah. Ceaseless discharge. <laughs> and I have to kill it with my short sword. Oh, you got a short sword. Well, somewhere in this house, I'm sure I have. I'm sure every house has one. Mm. Doesn't your house have a the short sword? The exit door has just become a writhing mass of faces and tendrils. Oh. And, you know, it's ostensibly metal, we know, but it looks, from this point on, all the boomers in this episode look like a mass of flesh. Yeah, they're all super organic yeah. and or liquid. Liquid. Liquid! And then the boomer mass surges towards them, so they have to escape further upstairs. So they run. Yes, they do. At this point, the power comes back on, which is great. I was going to say the Benny Hills theme starts playing. It does. It's true. Because they're just, they literally just start walking up this tower and discussing. So it's like a big cylindrical tower. Yeah. And it's like a slightly sloping upwards. Yeah, like a walkway kind of thing. Walkway. So they're just walking around it going up and they can see below them that like the, the, the Akira style tendrils of metal flesh below are just coming up the central shaft. It looks like something from the Death Star, like when Luke is fighting Darth Vader. And oh, gets I thought you one. meant like that thing that eats them in the trash compactor. It could be both. Oh, what was that thing in the trash? I can't remember. I used to know. Hmm. What have what have, what has become of us I'm, that we don't even I'm know? I'm better and stronger. I know more about JoJo's and less about Star Wars. <laughs> is that really a sacrifice that we're willing to make for this podcast? Or we can know both without combining. Get you a guy who can do both. Exactly. Um, I think so, all the stuff I learned about Utena pushed out all the stuff I knew about Star Wars. Was it worth it? was worth it. It was worth it. It was very worth it. That seems very uncomfortable in Utena. Yes. I think about it regularly. Yes. Hmm. Power. I think about it every time I see a Ferris wheel lit against the night. <laughs> and you're like, hmm. Oh no. Oh no. The computer systems are cooled by liquid nitrogen. That will be important later. That's incredibly cold. Nick, did you think they were setting up a big freeze attack when they started talking about liquid nitrogen? Literally, the systems? moment they said liquid nitrogen, I thought trigen. They're gonna attack that's, something. That's with some it. Resident Evil kill the boss shit, right? Ye- well, it's every single horror game. Kill I think the in boss Resident shit. Evil Four, there's a boss you have to fight with liquid nitrogen. Ah, Ye- uh, the Verdugo. No, the Regenerador. Because otherwise it just regenerates. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to shatter it. 
that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay, so here's fun story about... Oh, fun story. ...about Nick's primal fears again. Okay. So the Regenerador, unironically and not joking, freaks me the fuck this out. This is the one that you have to... Don't, don't, isn't this just an, a normal enemy type? It becomes a normal enemy type because and you, get the, you shoot heart. Yeah, you get the UV... Not UV. Um, the thermal, thermal vision. Thermal vision. Yeah, you do. From the place where you would fight the first Regenerador. If you pick it up... Which, when my first playthrough of Resident Evil 4, when I was probably too young to play it, I never picked up. Ah, fun for you. And in my recent playthrough, I thought, this time I'm going to remember to pick it up. Guess what I forgot to pick oh. up? Oh, you're going to say for the remake it wasn't there. Oh my god, if it wasn't there, people could feel my pain. Mm. So They got that creepy breathing. Yeah, and every time... Like, they have the big long arms. That could, could be worse, you. though. How? They could, How? they could be invisible. They are, Liam. They become invisible. Do they? Yeah, there's one of them, I think, that literally becomes... It's like Predator style. They become invisible oh, at one point. I love that for you. And they just breathe, and you're like, where is that breathing coming from? Where is it coming from? And then you realise, oh, it's invisible. Oh, no, or is it the bugs? There's some invisible. invisible bugs. Okay, maybe it's the bugs. But the Regenerator freaks me the fuck out, because when it pulls you in close, the spikes come out of it. Yeah. And I'm like... Ah. Uh, the hedgehog's dilemma. Yeah, I hate it. The porcupine's choice. <laughs> you know that thing from... They talk about an Evangelion a lot. What? The Hedgehog's Dilemma. I haven't seen Evangelion. Okay, maybe that's something for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but they talk about how... A nice because Shinji, anime. Because Shinji doesn't believe he's worthy of love. Um, oh. He's got the Hedgehog's Dilemma where he wants to be held, but he's but, too right, pointy. Okay. He'll he's deal too emotionally pointy. If he hugs anyone, it will deal one point of damage to them. Mm. Likewise, if anyone hugs him. The hedgehog desires intimacy, but its pointy spikes mean that it can only do kicking around loop-the-loops mm. and collect rings. Ah, <laughs> uh, such a blue figure, the hedgehog. So depressed. Mm. Mm. If only there was some way to easily get over this trauma with rings. And therapy. And chaos emeralds. Sonic the hedgehog would rather run really, really, really fast away from all of his problems than go to therapy. Isn't that? core plot of and Sonic Eggman is a psychologist. Oh my god, what if? What uh, if kind of. Wait, what do you mean kind What do you mean kind of? It's kind of the plot of Sonic X. Because he... He likes to run instead of having a emotional girlfriend. sincerity. Yeah. Because isn't Amy just like, hey Sonic, what if we went on a date? And he's like, ha 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 ha, and then runs away. I think that seems to happen a lot. Yes. What if Sonic is scared to stay still and settle down? What if the thing that Sonic is scared of more than chaos or shadow chaos um, oh, don't. is don't I just I don't want to think himself. about chaos. Oh. And maybe they made that sort of struggle, um, that internal struggle, and an external struggle uh, in the much maligned Sonic Unleashed, mm. in which he turned into a werehog. By the night of the moon. And of course, uh, the etymology of that phrase means that that is a man-hog. <laughs> which he kind of already is. A man-hog? Yeah. As in, like, after he changes or before he changes? I mean, they call him a werehog when he's changed because yeah. they're clearly subbing it onto werewolf. But mm -hmm. were means, like, man. Oh, I see. So he's already a werehog. I see. So he's kind of like a... Yeah, okay. He's a hog-wolf. He's a hog wolf. Yeah. Or he's a hedge wolf. Mm. 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 Before he was a hedgehog. Now he's a hedge wolf. Exactly. Yeah. Never played it. I've seen enough of it to know. I've watched that, some let's uh... play. I've watched some Sonic Let's Plays in my time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're we're familiar with the 
Sonic lineage. I know a lot about Sonic. I do actually know a lot about Sonic lore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the joke Ask me of, any question. So the joke of, yeah, you've forgotten all this Star Wars stuff. You know too much about That's Sonic. That's a separate part still. of my brain. Yeah, that will never leave. Ask me any question about Sonic the Hedgehog. Fuck it. Who you know in Sonic 06? Right? Yeah, I, which I think is better than Sonic Adventure 2. Why the fuck would you ever <laughs> not, think? Not better, this? more interesting. What do you mean more? How could it be more interesting? We've got fucking Silver who yep. does nothing the whole time. I think the time travel plot is interesting. Okay, uh, this just can't see my look Sonic of Sonic 06 um, suffers yeah. for not having an overworld. Sonic 06? No, sorry, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 suffers from not having oh, an overworld. Oh, okay. But the overworld in 06 is garbage. But there's there's a lot of surprising things to delve into there. Like the recurring Sonic Man series of quests where you can meet a man who <laughs> dresses up and puts on basically like a bike helmet that looks vaguely like Sonic and yeah. declares himself Sonic Man. <laughs> but, but, okay, but hang on. This is sort of like Yakuza levels of enjoyment where you're you're like walking around and suddenly you're like, what the fuck is that? I hope you're not implying there's anything ironic about my enjoyment of Yakuza. No, no, but like everything in Yakuza in some way is like either ironic or sarcastic. I don't think so. I think it's incredibly sincere. Well, I mean, in the main plot it is. Uh, actually, all the side plots are pretty sincere as well. When you learn something and you're like, yeah... yeah. That dominatrix. You were in the midst of asking guy. me a question about Sonic 06. Oh god, what have I done? Have I turned this There's this guy into... who says, oh, no. I've combined lucky and happy into one word. Luppy. Oh. And then you see him later, and he says, I've combined luppy and luppy into one word. Luppy luppy. <laughs> what does this fucking mean? There's nothing. Oh god. Oh, Sonic. It's like that uh, Mr. Show sketch. Um, mm. where there's two competing brands um, of a hybrid spread of mayo and mustard mayonnaise. <laughs> um, and then after a merger, you can also get the hybrid hybrid mayo stirred mustard mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hate it. But I love it at the same time. So the AD... No, police... you have to ask me a question about Sonic the Hedgehog oh, okay. or we won't move on. Okay, okay, <laughs> hang on. Okay, all right. So... In Sonic Adventure 2, why is Shadow... No, no. Why is the why is the big purple guy? Why is he a thing? Big the cat. Yeah. In Sonic Adventure. With like Amy... He's just kind of a hick who lives in the swamp with his best friend, a frog. Uh, <laughs> okay. And that frog eats slash absorbs a small shard of the primal entity Chaos and is possessed by it. But Big is an idiot, yep. so he doesn't realise this. So his whole adventure, his whole character's adventure is a fishing mini-game yep. in which he goes to different locations and catches that frog yep. until it escapes again. Until finally it remerges with the rest of Chaos. Yep. Uh, Who himself is a hedgehog, but just like a spirit. No, Chaos is a primeval entity from uh, the dawn of time that was worshipped and feared by an ancient civilization of echidnas. I'll take that. Until it was trapped in the Master Emerald. <laughs> yep. Okay. Which is protected by Knuckles. Oh. And that's why Knuckles is against you in Sonic... And Knuckles? No, like Knuckles is against you in basically every video game for a little while because he's a total rube who loves to be fooled by Dr. Eggman. Oh, 
that makes more sense. Dr. Eggman will show up and say, no, I didn't do the wrong thing. It was, it was Sonic. And Knuckles will say, of course, Sonic. <laughs> and then Lee. Hmm. Okay. I hate all of this. <laughs> but at the same time, I am intrigued. So the AD police... I want to know how deep your solid knowledge goes now, but we don't have time we for this. We don't have time for this. Because the AD police are in deep shit. Because the boomers are moving upwards to the electronic centre core, which also just, by coincidence, happens to be where our protagonists are going. <gasps> they think their cha boomers are chasing them, but it turns out that's not the case. No, they're chasing all the electronics. Meanwhile, Daly, who is all alone outside, he's doing real person who stays on the ship in lethal company. He's got one walkie-talkie yep. and he's like, okay, Hello? But they're, Hello? Coming, they're coming after you? We don't have the teleporter upgrade. <laughs> Listen, you guys didn't give me the radar booster, so mm -hmm. I can't see you. And he gets ambushed by the other members of the Nightsabers and Marky, <gasps> who Cilia walks up behind him and puts a finger to his back like a gun and is like, hey, what's up? Listen, I'll shoot you. And he's all like, please don't kill me. And they've got a VTOL engine, plane. Oh, that's handy. That's something that flies up and down. I learned about it from Saints Row 3. Ah, a good game. Yeah, it's fine. Hmm, give me a hero. That's not what that song is called. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many times have I heard that song? And I thought to myself, okay, get me a hero. Oh, that's I'm, what the name of the I'm song is. I'm absolutely calling this episode, give me a hero. <laughs> Oh, oh Christ God. almighty, we're back! <laughs> we're in! <laughs> Nick misremembers everything, yet again. The um, <laughs> gang take the VTOL plane up above so that hopefully yep. if the others get to the roof they can pick them up. Yeah, they want to like land on the roof, pick them up, get the hell out. Yeah. Easy peasy. No need to deal with the giant boomer that is being created. Well, um, Nick Rowland decides to deal with the giant boomer with... <sighs> air conditioner t t t uh, technician Yano uh, by declaring that they are going to blow the liquid nitrogen stacks. Let's blow this joint. Yeah. Let's do it. That's all so I got. Everyone else goes up to the roof and the VTOL is approaching when a seemingly innocuous radar dish lurches out like an angry tentacle at it and they have to pull back. <gasps> and boomers. The boomer phenomena spreads to the outside of the building and over the course of a few different scenes Basically, it forms into a huge angry moor on top of the building. Mm. This big mouth looks happy, but angry. I always remember the shot of it appearing and their reaction to it, uh, the VTOL team's reaction to it in the dub, mm. because uh, even though it was relatively silent uh, in the in in uh, the Japanese mm. that we watched today, uh, where basically Celia just goes like, <gasps> uh, in the dub, she goes, Oh, you're fucking kidding me! <laughs> I'll see if I can find a clip of that and drop that in. Oh, please, yes. Oh, you're fucking kidding me! It seems like... Because what was this rated? I don't remember. Like a PG? Um, I think we're probably... At least in the second half of the series... Um, I think we're probably going to be pushing a, an M15 in Australia. Okay. Alright. Because uh, spoiler alert, there is a lot of nudity to come. Oh, okay. Shit, alright. Well then... We'll deal with that weird nonsense when we get there. Non-sexual nudity. Oh, of course, but nonetheless, weird. So I would yeah, never think big angry show. head, um, and Nick Rowland and Yano make the ultimate sacrifice, which is to say they stay down below. Mm -hmm. And are all but are fine. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fine. Everything gets uh, exploded. 
Well, no, we have the weird, awkward exchange. Oh, that's right. Where Nick is just like, listen. They've just come up this hatch and there's just like roiling mass of flesh in the hatch behind them. Yeah. And Nick is like, all right, turn on the liquid nitrogen. Oh, that exchange. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And Yano's like, but there's something I need to tell you. I can't do it. Only first class engine, uh, air conditioning technicians can do this. And I'm only a second class one. Nick Rowland then politely says, shut the fuck up and do it or I'll kill you. The sequence where the roof team are on the roof and watching the helicopter slowly come in before the tendrils drive it back, mm-hmm. that's real end of Resident Evil game. Oh, yeah. Energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the only thing that would be different was that instead of a huge mass of tentacles engulfing the building, like, mm-hmm. they would f- form into something vaguely humanoid on the roof to fight. Yeah, Wesker's face. Cilia would throw... Um, Leon, let's say, a rocket launcher. Yeah, literally... Leon or Priest, depending on who you chose at character... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, this is the end of Resident Evil 6. And Resident Evil 1. And 5. (laughs) And, to a lesser extent, 4. And not 2, that's on a train. (laughs) 3? No, because that's Nemesis. 3 has the rail gun. So if this was taking place at the Silky Doll... (laughs) (laughs) Then we'd be fine. Yeah. We'd be fine. And possibly, potentially, the same as 8. They blow the liquid nitrogen just as the sun comes up and the beautiful morning light glistens off the frozen grinning face of this huge skyscraper-sized boomer mass. Oh, it's a metaphor for nuclear deterrence. No, I don't think it is. Okay. I, I think it's it's loudly declaring to the world the boomer apocalypse is starting now. There's no more covering this up. The end is nigh. Yeah. Mason might have won. So it's literally like a big black frozen jaw that's covering the entire AD police tower. Yeah. What if it's a metaphor for the boomers? It's not a metaphor though, Nick. But the metaphor is boomer. Boomers. They're our friends. They're eating the AD police. It's literally a boomer. The the metaphor. (laughs) Liam, the metaphor. Everything. Meanwhile, someone opens the huge cathedral doors of... Quincy Rosenkreutz, a.k.a. Allen's mm, thank you. Golden Throne life support chamber as he is wrapping up a call with his shareholders where he's like, ah, I'll use the institutional powers at my disposal to stop you, Mason. Ha 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 ha. Look, line's got to go up. Meanwhile, uh, the zombie corpse of the secretary boomer that Mason wasted last <gasps> episode. She was shot in the head. Yep. And the torso be... several times. How can she be alive? Uh, wanders in, starts to unplug his life support. And Alan is like, what? What? Stop killing me. How could me. a boomer disobey me? Don't kill me. Uh, and then meanwhile, in her secret underground Victorian little girl's room. Uh, What's her face? Galatea. Galatea. Okay, the Sotai mm-hmm. is glowing with green, ener- green boomer energy. And she has an evil look on She's her like, face. Ha, ha, ha. Playtime. Playtime's over, punk. Puts on her sunglasses. CSI Miami theme begins yeah. playing. Dun, 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 dun. Let me pull out my guitar so we the, can um, riff. CSI Miami theme is, of course, called Give Me a Policeman. <laughs> what? Fuck. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. End of ep. End of episode. Nick, what were our highlights and lowlights? My highlight is probably going to be Yano going, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Because I thought... Oh god, there's going to be another... It's like he doesn't have the access codes or some shit. It's going to get more dramatic. And I was like, Mm. shit, if he can't do it, then what happens? 
No, no, it's just a hilarious, like... It's a fun joke about certification. Yeah, and the uh, the strict hard line... Between that and uh, Alan's shareholder call mm-hmm. failing to achieve any meaningful reaction, we're really seeing the failures of liberalism against the boomer menace. Of liberalism? Yeah. Okay. Because these are people who trust in institutional powers that are now failing to hold back the encroaching threat. Mm. Bureaucracy is the greatest danger to humans as the boomers take over. No, no, the boomers are the greatest danger to humans as the boomers take over. Mm. Yes, indeed. AI truly can take over everything. My highlight is when the big tower turned into a big face. (laughs) Now, see, you say that like it's Because it was metal as shit and cool. Yeah, and it's just this big, happy face. And it totally whipped tanked. <laughs> it was just like, I'm a getcha. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, and then it did nothing. Well, it scared off yes. some people. Wait, what do you mean yet? I don't know. Oh, shit. Maybe it is like Shin Gajira. That's true. I made that comparison while watching it. The huge frozen boomer mass is much like the huge, what, calcified, petrified yeah. mass of Shin Godzilla at the end of Shin Godzilla. Who's a metaphor. For nuclear deterrent. No, he's not. Yeah. Not everything nuclear is deterrent. He's a yes. metaphor for the horrors of the fiery nuclear apocalypse. Nuclear but also, deterrent. I think Shin Godzilla specifically is a metaphor for the environmental and uh, human devastation re- uh, wreaked by that uh, bomb? earthquake and power uh, plant disaster. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's to do with. Nuclear. I swear to God, if you say deterrence, I will... Nuclear deterrence. It's not about deterrence. It is, because they're like, oh, we've come to a diplomatic solution, but at any moment, like that. I don't think so. Bang. Nuclear deterrence. World War Three. It starts again. The horrors of war and nukes and the baby Godzillas that are... That are popping Yeah. Those Netflix 3D animated uh, Godzilla movies were really bad. Yeah. I'm shocked. It takes place in a far distant future mm-hmm. where humanity has abandoned Earth to the spawn of oh. Godzilla. Is this the one where they... they come back and every animal on Earth is a Godzilla? Is this the one where everyone's in like super like hard suits? Yeah. And they're like massive guns and like, right, we're going to figure out a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Very little actual Godzilla in it. <laughs> this is the one thing you've come here for. Yeah. And you don't get much Godzilla in three movies or whatever it is. At least in the one that I watched some of. Yeah. Maybe the other two are better. There Doubt are also it. like elves that worship King Ghidorah or something. Oh no, that's an actual thing though. Elves from space that worship... You know, you're not confusing with the pixies that worship Mothra? Maybe I am. Oh no. How much do I like know from about the Godzilla? Me- like from the meme, it may seem unscientific, but oh. through the pixies we could ask Mothra for help. No, no, no. It's like literally there's like a cult that always follows Godzilla or something like that. Even in the new movies, when they go underground, they're like, oh. Oh, you mean the, um, what is it, Monarch Legacy of Monsters or whatever? Yeah, yeah, those ones. I, I, look, I've got no problem with making Western Godzilla movies. I just don't give a shit about Godzilla versus King Kong yeah, as a thing. no. Like, King Kong is not interesting. I think, I heard Kong King- Skull Island was pretty good, but yeah. King Kong as a fighter of other giant monsters is not interesting to me. King Kong yeah. as a, as a... What, what is he, a metaphor for the darkness of undiscovered lands? Very yeah. colonial, but like there's something interesting to explore there. Exactly. Even if you didn't realise you were doing it. Like the director or the writer or whatever. What are you talking about? So the original director or writer of King Kong was like, no, it's not a metaphor for slavery. It's about a big ape. Yeah, it's about a big ape. Go watch the big ape. See, it, it goes up the building. 
Isn't that entertaining? Yeah. And everyone was like, see, because he was brought up in a context, he didn't realize that it's a bad author. Yeah, exactly. So after all the, he's like, a, he's like Tolkien. And that author's name was King Kong. <laughs> It's like Tolkien, how he's like, it's not a metaphor for World War One Or Catholicism. Alright, it's just a bunch of dudes dropping a ring in a, like, a volcano, and it's cool. Alright? That's what it is. And everyone's like, he's a byproduct of the time. He's got a lot of trauma from trench warfare. Hmm. And Tolkien's like, Shut No, I don't. Up. I just wanted to write about elves. My relationship with the, my Batman was the most beautiful relationship a man could have. The Batman? Yeah. What? So when you were a World War One soldier of yeah. high standing, mm -hmm. you would have a Batman, which was like a personal assistant. And that's the Sam to the Frodo. Oh. What if it is a metaphor for World War One? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, my low light. It better be good. Better be a good low light, Liam. My low light is... You've had, a, you've had over an hour to think on this. The lack of contributions from the A-team that went underground and turned the power back on. Mm. While they were down there, they could have collected, say, a, um, a tea kettle um, or a, a, mocha a crate of bottles. Like, come back to the AD police ah. uh, yeah, yeah, VTOL yeah. and sell that for value. Mm, true. But what if one of them put a mask on? Well, then they'd be fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I get you. I think I'm with you. Mm. I'm talking about Payday 2, the heist. <laughs> God, Payday 3's coming. It's out and I hear it's not very good. Oh, oh, wait, yeah, the netcode was awful. And no one's playing it anymore. Mm -hmm. mm. Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide, I hear, is pretty good. But none of my friends want to play it with me. I might eventually. But I am critical of the fact that there are no giant rat men in it. Well, there might be some rat men that they're just, you know... Incidental rat men. Yeah, incidental rat men that are just there being like, Ah, oh, there you go. I'm not a big Warhammer guy, like 40k or the other one. But, like, I am... There's two other ones. Conceptually really into, like, the marauding horde of, like, gross rat guys who just, <laughs> like, suck and want to do yeah. their own thing. Every chaos mission in Vermintide, you're like, Oh, come on, I wanted the Vermin. Yeah. Um, Skaven, is that what they are? Yes, yeah. the Skaven. Well, my low light, Liam, is very simple. It's when Pris decides to go through the Zambos. I considered it. Instead yeah. of shooting the Zambos. Mm -hmm. Why? Why, Pris? Ill conceived. Foolish. Well, Nick, there's no denying that the Boomer Menace is publicly visible now. <gasps> you could just need to look up at one of the biggest buildings in the city to see it. But surely the massive kaiju that one night would surely be enough to... No? No? Okay. This, though. The media can't control you from looking at a building. Unignorable. Uh, and, uh, with Alan's death seemingly imminent, uh, yep. perhaps Mason and Galatea can run even more roughshod than they have yet to date. <gasps> Meanwhile, the Night Sabers still have no hard suits. That's uh, true. What will happen next time on Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040, in the episode entitled, Are You Experienced? The D is capitalised. Oh. Sorry, I, the U is also capitalised, so it should be, Are You Experienced? Gotcha. Uh, well, maybe we will begin to witness the fallout of an entire building being eaten by a boomer. No. In that the AD police that were on strike would be like, if only we weren't on strike, everything would have been sold. <laughs> if only management would, uh, would accede to more. our demands so oh. that we can, um, it wasn't to pay us more, it was to not dissolve us. <laughs> True. So maybe, you know what, actually, maybe after seeing this, the AD police doubles down 
and they get more AD police. So they're going to go rogue and just yeah. like become a boomer fighting yeah, exactly. private army. Yeah, so maybe... Um, they're already a private army, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so maybe That serves no master. Yeah. A place where AD police oh, can look God. after themselves. Uh, so there's AD gonna be, heaven. There's going to be way, way more AD police than there were before mm-hmm. fighting boomers that With are... even so less weak. regulation. Yes, exactly. And they're going to be trying to get better weapons until eventually it becomes futile. And they're like, we've realised that our weapons actually just don't work. It just gives the boomers more metal to work with. Exactly. So, at some stage... So how are those new hard suits coming along? Yeah, at some stage, the Night Riders... Night Sabers. Night Sabers. Oh my god, my memory. The Night Sabers will... Now, to be fair, Mm -hmm. uh, a listener may be having watched this show in the past and might say, Nick, it says... It shows a wall with uh, night sabers graffitied on it at the end of every single episode. But to that I would say, we don't watch the next time zone. <laughs> it's true. I literally am like, whoa, 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 enough of that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I reckon the night sabers will start saving some AD police. We'll get a nice little montage. Team up. They, they clean up some streets. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mason will be like, hold on Galatea. Next time we'll have more fun. And Galatea will be like, but I want to have fun now. It's like, but playtime's over. And she'll be like, all right. No. Oh, okay. She'll do that for now. Mm. We're still like only halfway through the season. Do the new hard suits have any cool features? Um, I want to say actually no. Okay. I want to say they'll be exactly the same as before. They're too marketable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So will Pris uh, overcome her hatred of boomers to put one on? <laughs> will she overcome the hatred of boomers? Yeah, she hates boomers. Oh, so she wouldn't put on a hard suit yeah. because it's boomers. Because now that she knows they're boomers. Mm. Mm. I reckon. Or is she just going to be like swinging a pipe for the rest of the series? Well, okay, so here's the thing. If they're going to make the hard suits again, they can't make them as boomers because, because they'll get absorbed again. Yeah, they'll just get boomerfied. Mm. So maybe Nigel's just like, just like my old motorbike. You're powered by diesel now. <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's go. Maybe? Because I don't think they'd make them out of boomers again. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe? Surely not. No. No. So then what the fuck are they powered by? Dreams. Fish. Query. Lingerie. Lingerie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I reckon the hard suits will have to be powered by something else that isn't boomers. What if they make Marky into a hard suit? Oh my god, what if? What if they're like, Marky, are you willing to sacrifice yourself for the greater good? He's like, already am. And he pulls out his brain. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Oh, oh, okay, all right. It would be interesting. Were it not for the fact that we've already seen Marky be controlled by Kalatea. Also true. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is the thing. They couldn't make them out of boomers. I actually have no idea how they're going to make hard suits now. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll find out yeah. all that and more next time on mm. Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040. Maybe with some words from Hirohiko Araki, if <gasps> I am lucky. <laughs> Maybe. In my mm. hunt for... Maybe let's let's say his opinion on Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. Shit, if that exists, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed Naboo. I thought it was a plain-looking place, but with a lot of personality and charm. It reminds me of my own childhood hmm. when I would go out to the country and collect rhinoceros beetles. My wife, who was not my wife at the time, of course, thought I was deranged because I was twenty-seven, and I was. <laughs> That's the end of the whole thing. And until then. To be be continued. continued.